0: Fifteen years ago, I started in this industry as an unpublished author looking for a book contract. I started going to writers' conferences and found that there was a lot more interest in my skills as a marketer and as a web designer than there was for my book. But for years, I still held out hope to get that book published. I came across a couple of companies that told me everything I wanted to hear. They thought my book was amazing. They would publish it for me and get it on all the stores. My website business was taking off, and I had a little bit of extra money, and I nearly hired one of those companies to publish and print 5,000 copies of my book. The bid they gave me was for a whopping $30,000. Now, before signing that contract, I went over my financials with my CPA dad. And we found some errors, and it turned out my website business wasn't quite as profitable as I thought. So I decided to delay signing that contract. This decision ended up being one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. (laughs) So as I spent more time in the industry, I started to hear troubling things about that publishing company. It turns out it was run by an evil cult. And I'm not even joking, but even if it wasn't run by a cult, signing that contract would have been a massive mistake. It turned out I needed the money that I had in spending 30K on a co-publishing contract would have put me out of business and likely knocked me out of the industry altogether. I would have had to go and get a real job. Now, this would have been a mistake for two reasons. First, while I couldn't see it at the time, the book was not good enough to print 5,000 copies. I would have not only lost a ton of money on that contract, but I would have been stuck with thousands of books with no one to buy them. What can I say? I was in my 20s, and I lacked perspective. Now, while print-on-demand was new back then, it did exist, and it would have been a much better option. It wouldn't have made me a success, but it would have made the inevitable failure less expensive, and still been cheaper per book than going with that hybrid publisher. You see, I had not yet learned the ninth commandment of book marketing. Thou shalt not publish thine first book first. Secondly, hybrid publishing, which is sometimes called co-publishing, is not a good model for most self-published authors, especially for cash-poor 20-somethings trying to start a business. It's a trap I nearly fell into and one I hope to save you from as well. But it can still make sense for some authors, some of the time, which is what we're going to discuss in this episode of Novel Marketing, the longest-running book marketing podcast in the world. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr., CEO of Author Media, and this is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and make a living with writing worth talking about. Now, before we get into the dangers of hybrid publishing, I need to clarify the difference between being a hybrid author and working with a hybrid publisher. They both use the word hybrid, and yet they couldn't be more different. A hybrid author is an author who is both traditionally published and independently published. Some books are traditional, some books are indie. And being a hybrid author is great, and when done well, can be a best of both worlds situation where you get the freedom and data and margins of indie publishing and the credibility of being traditionally published. A hybrid publisher, on the other hand, is a publishing company who you pay to publish your book. You pay for the book to be created and then you split the revenue with the company after that. They make money whether your book succeeds or fails. And this is compared to traditional publishers who only make money if the book succeeds in the market. In fact, traditional publishers lose money often on a majority of the books they publish. Most hybrid publishers are secretly owned by the same shadowy company, Author Solutions. And I have kind of a dark place in my heart for Author Solutions because since Author Solutions and Author Media have such similar names, I sometimes get phone calls from confused authors who've confused us and they're never happy. No one is ever happy at Author Solutions, or at least I've never come across an author who is happy at Author Solutions. Paying a publishing company to hybrid publish your book can become a worst of both worlds situation. You have the downside of paying for all of the expenses yourself while also not having the control, margins, or marketing data needed to make your book a commercial success. Instead of giving you what you need to make your book succeed, hybrid publishers try to sell you marketing packages that don't work. But before I trash hybrid publishing too much, I should talk about the pros, because there are some advantages to working with a hybrid publisher, just as long as it's not author solutions. So the first pro is that you don't need a publishing education. The biggest pro of going with hybrid publishing is that it allows you to stay ignorant about publishing. You don't need to learn what an ISBN number is or how to get one. You don't need to know what typesetting is or what POD stands for. Now, I should say, this is also a con. In publishing, as with most of life, education is the key to success. Ignorance is rarely an asset, and it can make you easy to take advantage of And it also means that you tend to make a lot of your own mistakes rather than learning from the mistakes of others. So getting an education is pretty much always worth the investment. But not everyone is looking for commercial success with their book. And also, you don't need to be educated about everything, right? We pay doctors to save ourselves the hassle of going to medical school. The second pro of hybrid publishing is that it is easier. Hybrid publishers provide the typesetters, cover designers, and editors to help make your book. You don't have to go through the hassle of picking an editor who's a good fit for your book or a cover designer who gets your story. With hybrid publishing, you get matched with someone by the company. Hybrid publishing is easier the way an arranged marriage is easier. You don't have to go through the hassle of dating. You outsource the hard decisions and control to someone else. So now let's talk about the cons of hybrid publishing. And the biggest one is pretty obvious, it's expensive. Hybrid publishers turn a profit with every service they sell you. Or put another way, these are services you could buy yourself for a lot less money. For example, you could buy a Kirkus review for your indie book from Kirkus for $575. Or you could buy Kirkus Premium through AuthorHouse for $5,999. They're moving the decimal over on the cost without adding any real value. Kirkus reviews are barely worth it at 575, and there is no universe where they're worth six grand. This also applies to the team hybrid publishers add a premium to what the editor charges to edit the book. So the hybrid publisher may charge you $5,000 for editing and then only pay the editor $1,500 for the work. If you worked with your editor directly, you could either save a lot of money and pay the editor the $1,500 yourself, or you could hire a $5,000 editor who would be a much better editor. There are editors who charge five grand and who are worth every penny. Or you could split the difference and work with an editor somewhere in the middle and have all of that leftover money to pay for your marketing. The same is true for your cover, the typesetting, and all the rest of it. Hybrid publishers triple or more the cost of the professionals who are working on your book. Professionals who you can easily hire directly. In fact, most authors just hire these professionals directly. (laughs) There's really no reason to go through a middleman who charges such a significant markup. The second con is that you don't get marketing data. I talk all the time about how the key to effective marketing is measurement. We talked about it last week. The only way to know what is working and what is not working is to have access to the numbers. Real indie authors have a KDP sales dashboard that shows the sales in almost real time. And within a day, for sure, you have numbers on what worked and what didn't. As one Ex Libris author explained, I was never allowed to see how many books sold on Amazon. There was absolutely no transparency whatsoever. This author thought Ex Libris was ripping her off. But it's also likely that her book just wasn't selling because her marketing wasn't working because she had no marketing data to determine what was working and what wasn't. And Most likely she was depending on Ex Libris' expensive marketing packages to sell the book when those packages have basically nothing in them that works. Traditionally published authors are used to this lack of visibility, but they have a marketing team at the publishing company who's using the data to make marketing decisions. And that marketing team is spending money to market the book. If they're with a big publishing company that has a budget, some small publishers sometimes can have this same problem. And that's, in fact, it's my biggest critique of traditional publishers, especially the small ones, is that they don't pay for marketing and they don't give the author a sales dashboard to inform their marketing. And the technology to give authors a sales dashboard where they can, in real time, without having to ask you, see the numbers, exists. Every royalty management software offers this as a feature, or at least all the ones that I'm familiar with offer this as a feature. So there's no reason not to give this to your authors. But if you're with a hybrid publisher, there's no one looking at the data, which is like driving a car with your eyes closed. A marketing crash is inevitable. So while it can work for you to be blindfolded and somebody else is in the driver's seat at a traditional publisher, it does not work with a hybrid publisher where you're in the driver's seat and you're blindfolded. It's a recipe for disaster. The third con is poor margins. It costs money to acquire readers. Advertising, promotion, and marketing all cost time and money. For an indie book to get sustained sales, each copy needs to bring in enough money to buy the reader for the next copy. In business, we call this cost of customer acquisition. In publishing, we call it cost of reader acquisition. To be able to afford new readers, you need good margins on your book. A traditionally published author may only make $0.80 per copy, but that's okay because the publisher is paying to acquire the readers out of the publisher's cut, not the author. But if you're only making $0.80 a copy as an indie author, you won't be able to afford marketing. and You'll be doomed to obscurity. Some authors with hybrid publishers raise their prices to try to get their margins back. And this is why you'll sometimes see their book selling for $30 or more. They're forced to price their books this high because of how much of a cut the hybrid publisher is taking on each copy. And remember, the author put up all the money to publish the book in the first place. (laughs) But the problem with pricing your book that high is that it can price you out of the market. Readers are price conscious. They're sensitive to prices, especially during tough economic times. And a reader who might have bought your book for $15 may not buy your book for $30. And what's really sad is when you're making less money off the $30 book than you would have off the $15 book if you were a real indie author. So real indie authors tend to make three to seven dollars per copy. And this can be enough to maintain ongoing advertising campaigns for a steady income, assuming they have the details of their book working, the cover and the uh, marketing copy, the Amazon description, all of which they're able to optimize because they have access to the data and they can see what's working and what's not working. And if something's broken, they can identify what's broken. It makes all the difference. The fourth con is poor quality. A couple of episodes ago, I showed some examples of books with poor pitches. And when at first I was like, how on earth am I gonna find Books on Amazon with poor pitches. There's millions of books, and most of them they're okay. How am I going to really find some good examples of bad pitches? And I was like, oh, I'll just go to one of the Author Solutions imprints. So I went to iuniverse.com, looked up the most recent books they'd published, and I had more than enough examples on the very first page. And so what's sad is that there's a good chance the authors of those books didn't have control, or didn't have influence, or had no idea the back cover copy was bad. They probably bought some marketing package that came with back cover copywriting, and yet the back cover copy was still very weak. Since hybrid publishers make most of their money from the author, they are not focused on quality. The less they pay their people, the more money they make. So iUniverse reportedly hires mostly non-native speakers outside of the United States for a majority of their book production and editing. Their team is in the Philippines, and... Fluency in English is not a requirement to work there as an editor. Now, if you want to edit or write copy, you need to be more than proficient in English. You need to be fluent. It doesn't mean you have to be a native speaker, but you have to be a fluent speaker if you want to do a good job with editing or copywriting. These are skills that require fluency. Something that doesn't require fluency is cover designing. I've worked with cover designers around the world and seen incredible results, but I wouldn't hire somebody from another country to write back cover copy, not unless they were fluent in English. The fifth con is deceptive marketing. Hybrid publishers like Westbow Press make themselves look like they are part of a traditional publishing house like Thomas Nelson or Zondervan. They may even promise that the big shots at these publishing houses will look at your book this is so sleazy. The truth is that Westbow is part of Author Solutions, the notorious hydra of hybrid publishing. Westbow Press is the worst possible hybrid publisher to go with because it has all of the problems of an ex-libris or author house, but at an even higher price. <laughs> because Westbow pays a commission to Thomas Nelson or Zondervan or Hyper Collins or whoever's sending them clients for those clients. So that overpriced Kirkus review that I was talking about that was the decibel had been shifted over. Well, at Westbow, it's $1,000 more (laughs) than it is at Ex Libris. So it's just crazy expensive. I was talking with somebody whose book was at Westbow, and she really thought that this was the self-publishing arm of Thomas Nelson. And then it was Thomas Nelson people who were publishing her book. And I felt so bad for her because she had been misled with deceptive marketing. And this isn't on her. This is on them for lying. <laughs> uh, and David Gogren points this out. In fact, I'll link to his article in the notes because he did a really good breakdown of all the terrible things that Author Solutions has been doing. He's going over all the class action lawsuits because there's multiple <laughs> class action lawsuits against them. But don't blame somebody who's being lied to. Blame the liar. And it's also incumbent on us in the community to spread the word and save people from getting pulled into spending $6,000 for a Kirkus review or $7,000. It's crazy. The final con and really the tell of these hybrid publishers is pushy salespeople. Hybrid publishers tend to hire armies of salespeople who use a combination of flattery, telling you everything you've always wanted to hear about your book, and pressure, to push people into spending massive amounts of money on their publishing dreams to make their dreams come true. So the website may say it only costs $4,000 to publish your book, but somehow the proposal that you receive always ends to come out to all the money you can't afford. (laughs) I saw one author who was saying she'd spent over a £100,000 publishing through an Author Solutions imprint. And my heart just broke for her. Now she's looking into legal action because that money is basically gone. She saw no results for the money that she spent. And as I was doing research for this episode, I went back and read some of the emails I got from that hybrid publisher I almost signed with back in the day. And the salesman's pushiness was my first red flag that maybe something was wrong about this company. Because I remember, he gave me a fake deadline on the contract. He's like, this offer is only good for 30 days. And I remember thinking, I don't do that with my clients when selling websites. If somebody can't afford a website, I'm not going to pressure them into buying now and, and not buying later. Why would they be doing this for selling publishing? It's one thing to have a real reason for the price is changing. Like there's a coupon and it's discounted for a short period of time. And then it's going away or announcing ahead of time that your price is for everyone are going up. But this kind of fake deadline, just to add fake urgency, was a real red flag. <laughs> and it was the first of what turned out to be many red flags because uh, that company, that, and, and I'm not mentioning their name, they don't exist anymore, so I'm not going to rub it in their face. But they, they may have been worse than author's solutions <laughs> because of the cult part. In fact, likely were worse. Yeah. Anyway, so remember that with all the flattery they give you about your book, these pushy salespeople, None of that flattery is sincere. And you can find this out very quickly. Just ask the salesman anything about your book, any detail about your book, and it'll become very quickly apparent he didn't read it. In fact, I was just reading, I think somebody was talking on Facebook. It was an author who had taken an essay that he had written as a 12th grader and submitted it as a proposed book to one of these hybrid publishers and uh, didn't edit it or anything. It was this terrible, terrible manuscript. And... They came back and like, this is amazing. We can't wait to publish it. (laughs) It It's like they obviously didn't read it. Now, with all of that said, you may think that I'm 100% against hybrid publishing, but I'm not. I'm just 100% against author solutions. I've been in the industry long enough to find people who are a fit for some of the better hybrid publishers out there because there are hybrid publishers that aren't as predatory as author solutions. So who would hybrid publishing make sense for? Well, the first group would be wealthy memoirists who plan to only write one book. So there's a lot of wealthy people in this world and many of them want to write a memoir to leave to their grandchildren. And while they want to be published, they don't want to write a second book. They don't want to learn about the publishing industry. And for these folks, a hybrid publishing deal gives them exactly what they want, a book. And all it costs them is one fewer trip to Paris. So it can make sense for that kind of person. Another example of this kind of person is somebody who just found out they have a terminal illness and they want to leave a book to their children or for their children before they die. They want to get a book out. They want to say what they want to say before time is up and their time is limited. Their energy is limited. And for this kind of person, a hybrid publisher is like a godsend because it becomes the only option. So a hybrid publisher comes in with all the people and sure, it's not going to be as commercially viable and they're you know, charging more potentially than they need to be. But if, if you're working with one of the better ones, they're not gouging you and you now have a book before you die. And I, I remember talking with one author that this was their case and it this is actually what started to shift my view. And I was like, wow, this really is an instance where getting the education and kind of doing what I normally recommend doesn't make sense right? because <laughs> she's got limited time. Like the book's got to get out and it's got to get out now and shortcuts need to be taken. And so for this kind of person it, it really makes sense and and also sometimes for people at the the end of their life the problem is is that a lot of really elderly people are who the predatory hybrid publishers really prey on they prey on grandma who doesn't understand and uh, i've heard instances of one person whose uh, mom or dad was taken for like seventy thousand dollars by one of these hybrid publishers and there's a lot of scams that prey on elderly people and really easy for them to get bamboozled because they don't they don't know another group that hybrid publishing can work for is professional speakers especially really successful ones who are really busy and who don't have a book and they only plan to write one book so if you're speaking to big crowds of people and you don't have a book to sell at the back of the room you're leaving a lot of money on the table and there are speakers who are getting paid 20 grand per speaking engagement, and they don't have a book. And so if they would hire a hybrid publisher to help them get put a book together, and they have a book at, to sell at the back of the room, it'll only cost them maybe one speaking gig's worth of revenue to get the book made. And they don't care that the margins are bad because they're making the retail margins. They're not making the royalty margins. So they're still making $10 a book, selling the book for full price because they're taking Amazon's cut effectively because they're selling it at the back of the room. So for this kind of professional speaker, who I think the legitimate hybrid publishers, this is their bread and butter. It's a professional speaker. Professional speakers are speakers who write. They're not writers who speak. They don't want to learn the industry. And they often are pretty wealthy. Being a successful speaker is a really good gig. (laughs) There's a lot of people struggling to get in to professional speaking. But once you get in, it's really good money. And they don't mind paying extra to not have to deal with the hassle of the education. That said, most professional speakers plan to write more than one book. They have more than one book in them. And for them, it is worth it to get a publishing education. If you're a professional speaker, December is dead, right? There's no professional speaking engagements in December. So you can really easily get an education on publishing in your down month. And then you're making more money per book. You have a higher quality per book. And you can indie publish the real way, be a real indie author. But if you only plan to write one book, hybrid publishing can make a lot of sense. Another group that hybrid publishing makes a lot of sense for is busy CEOs. If your company spends millions of dollars on advertising, a book about the CEO can be a valuable marketing asset for the company. The salespeople can hand it to potential clients, and customers might buy it at the checkout line if it's a retail business. Uh, Hybrid publishers like Scribe Media focus on exactly this kind of author. Yes, they charge $100,000. To publish and write a book for you but for certain ceos and high net worth individuals this can actually be a profitable investment <laughs> and the hundred thousand dollars includes them ghostwriting the books they're not just editing it they're they're ghostwriting it so they really do take all of the work off the plate of the ceo and for many ceos this is a good exchange the, their time is so valuable that $100,000 is trivial, comes out of the marketing budget. So they spend $100 less on TV ads, they hardly even notice. And now they've got this marketing asset they can use for years and years to help strategically enhance their marketing. I'm not gonna talk too much about that because that's not my target audience for this podcast. (laughs) Most of you listening to this are planning to be a professional author, right? This is the podcast for people who want to make a living with writing worth talking about. and it's basically impossible to make a living publishing through a hybrid publisher. I know traditional authors who are making a living. and I know indie authors who are making a living. I cannot think of a single author who's published with a hybrid publisher who's making a living. Now, I know hybrid authors who are making a living where they're both traditionally published and they're real indies, but hybrid publishing is not the way to make a living. That said, here are the hybrid publishers I've heard good things about. So I've been trashing a bunch of companies By name. And they may retaliate. We'll see. (laughs) But I'm going to list some companies. These aren't endorsements. uh, Because I haven't worked with these companies personally. But I have heard good things about them. So Book Baby. Heard good things about Book Baby. Book Baby was started by the company CD Baby. Which has an amazing reputation in the indie music scene. So CD Baby allowed independent garage bands to have CDs and get into iTunes back in the day. And really brought independent music onto the scene and so they took their skills working with independent musicians and launched book baby which is the same idea but for authors and their their prices are pretty reasonable they're very transparent they have a 100 percent money back guarantee so i've heard good things about them again i'm not recommending them I've heard good things about Redemption Press, and I've heard good things about Scribe Media, like I was talking about, but only if your company pays for it. If you are an individual, don't pay for Scribe Media. This is the sort of thing that your corporation pays for. If you're going to go high end, and Scribe is very high end, they hire the very best people, and they're very expensive, and they're very fancy. So if you've never heard of them, they're not for you. So if you've had good or bad experiences with any of these hybrid publishers or any others, feel free to share in the comments. If you've had a a good experience with author solutions, I'm going to hear it. And if you had a bad experience and you need a shoulder to cry on, just go to authormedia.com and leave a comment. So what should you do instead of hybrid publishing? Like I said, most likely you don't fit any of those above categories. You're not the CEO with a million-dollar marketing budget. You're not a memoirist who is only planning to write one book. You're wanting to make this a career. So what do you do? Well, The first thing is you invest in education. Instead of spending tens of thousands of dollars on a hybrid publisher, you invest in yourself. And this can start with reading books about indie publishing. I recommend Successful Self-Publishing by Joanna Penn. This book is $7.99 on Amazon right now. The Kindle version is 99 cents. Joanna Penn is very generous with her pricing of this book. And it's got 2,000 reviews or nearly 2,000 reviews on Amazon for a reason. So start here. Joanna Penn's got a lot of really inexpensive, really good books on indie publishing take courses. There's courses on indie publishing. There's courses on book marketing. I have courses on book marketing that can help you educate yourself on the process and how to make wise decisions with your money. Attend writers' conferences. a great source of connecting with other authors, meeting professionals, and getting an education. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the Novel Marketing Podcast. Get the app on your phone. Get a podcast app on your phone like Pocket Casts, so you can listen to the new episodes as they come out as you're on the go. Hybrid publishers would have you believe that independent publishing is insurmountably difficult. This is not true. (laughs) Most authors independent publish the real way. They do it. They're real indie authors. Only a small fraction get pulled into hybrid publishing. This means that millions of authors figured out how to independently publish without the need for a hybrid publisher the answer to most of your questions are often just a Google search away. Type, how do I get an ISBN number (laughs) into Google? And you will find several helpful articles right there at the top that will walk you through the process. And you will quickly find that it only takes about 15 minutes and only costs about $125 and you're done. No need to buy some fancy $15,000 ISBN package from some hybrid publisher or whatever nonsense they'll try to sell you. Number two is to connect with other authors. The people who get suckered in by Author Solutions imprints tend to have one thing in common. They're not in community with other authors. Author Solutions has a terrible reputation, and authors are constantly saving each other from what we colloquially call a vanity publisher. <laughs> so when people say vanity publisher, they're meaning Author Solutions. They're also referring to some others like Publish America and Tate that don't exist anymore, but Author Solutions is still around. They keep reinventing themselves, they keep launching new brands. It was spending time with authors as a webmaster that helped save me from the hybrid publisher I almost signed with. And to help with this, I have a free online community of authors. You can find it at www.authormedia.social. you probably heard me reference it many times on this podcast. And this is a place where you can ask questions and get answers from some of the kindest, most knowledgeable, and most generous authors on the internet. I've really been impressed at the community there. (laughs) So so yes, I answer questions there, but 99% of the questions are already answered by somebody else who's giving just as good, if not better of an answer than what you would have gotten from me. And many of the authors on authormedia.social are students of one of my courses. You can see which courses someone has gone through, but you don't have to go through one of my courses to get access to authormedia.social. It's currently open to the public, at least, As I record it in July of 2022, I may charge for it in the future, but I will make you this promise. It will always be free for the people who join before the shift if I ever make the shift. So I'll never start charging AuthorMedia.Social members for access to the community. And then my third piece of advice of what to do instead is to hire professionals directly. The kind of professionals you can hire directly is typically a much higher caliber and who you would get matched with at a hybrid publisher. And best of all, you can shop around to find someone who's the right fit for your specific book. Because just because someone's a good editor doesn't mean they're a good editor for you. They need to know your genre. They need to know your tropes. For example, for my brother's book, Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded, we needed a Christian sci-fi cover. This is a very specific micro-genre, and the very best designer for that micro-genre is Kirk DuPonts. He designs most of the covers for Encave Publishing. He's the award-winning, well-known Christian speculative fiction book cover designer. He does more than that, but in that one micro-genre, he's the best in the world. I interviewed him a while back on the podcast. He's really good. So my brother hired him directly to do the cover for Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded. No middleman, no problem. Kirk did an amazing job, unsurprisingly. And going with the best designer in the world for a microgenre was still cheaper than buying a cover design from a random designer through a hybrid publisher. So we spent less money for a better quality product. Many of the professional editors and designers that the big publishers hire can also be hired by indie authors. This is one of the interesting things about the industry The big houses don't tie up very many people as W-2 employees anymore, and they don't tie up very many of them with no-compete contracts. Some have that, but most do not. And This means there's a good chance that you could hire the editor of your favorite book to work on your book, (laughs) and it may cost less than what you would think and probably less than what a random editor would cost through a hybrid publisher, and now you're working with the best. You're like, but how do I do this? How do I know who edited my favorite book? Just check the acknowledgement section of your favorite book and then Google the name of that person. More often than not, they will come up when you Google them, you go to their website, they'll say, hey, these are the kinds of clients I'm looking for. This is the kind of work I'm looking for. Here's a contact form. Fill out the contact form and boom, you're off to the races. And without a middleman taking a big chunk of the money, they're getting well paid and you're getting an amazing product. And I'll say at AuthorMedia.Social, we have a job board where you can find professionals to work with. It doesn't cost you anything to post a job. And if you're an editor or a cover designer and you're looking for work, it doesn't cost you anything to offer your services. It makes me happy to see all these great matches happening on the job board. You know, when I say live long and prosper, I mean it. And this job board is one of the ways I want to help my listeners prosper, either by finding good help or finding good clients. So let me tell you the rest of the story of what happened with my writing career. So three years after I passed on that hybrid publishing proposal, I wrote another book. This was a different book on a different topic. And with that book, I followed the advice I now give on this podcast. It started off as a series of blog posts. Those blog posts, some of them went viral. Collectively, they received over a million page views. And then I put the book on Kickstarter and raised $11,000 in pre-orders from my blog readers. The Kickstarter pre-sales paid for all of the costs of making the book. Paid for the editing, the cover, the audiobook, the printing, the marketing, and the promotion. I published the book with my own LLC directly through Amazon, just like the real indies do it, and I had my own KDP dashboard. I hired my own team directly, and because of this, the book was profitable from day one. The best part was the book produced the change I wanted to see in the world. Some of my biggest critics read it, and one of them changed his mind on the topic. Probably my biggest critic, actually, changed his mind on the topic. And I was able to get married because the book was about dating and relationships, and I wanted to make it easier for young people like me to find a husband or a wife. And I found my wife. She actually helped with the book. She did my typesetting. Indie publishing is a lot easier than you might think. And I will say I have dozens of free episodes on indie publishing. It's a whole category. Go to authormedia.com, you'll find episode after episode walking you through many aspects of indie publishing. And you don't need to spend tens of thousands of dollars paying someone else to self-publish for you. You just need to listen to those free episodes. For some of you listening, I may have just saved you thousands of dollars. And if that's you, would you consider becoming a patron on Patreon. Uh, the patrons who support this show on Patreon keep these free episodes coming every week. Now if you're wanting more help, if you you know like, yeah, but I have some questions I need to ask them, there is a way where you can get your questions answered. I host a live Q&A with patrons every month where I answer all kinds of publishing questions live on the air. And I've had many patrons who've used those Q&As to lead them through the indie publishing process. So this is where you can get your questions answered by me. And you can become a patron for as little as $4 a month, which is an amazing deal for what you get. So you get the live Q&A session. You get the warm feelings of knowing that you keep this podcast on the air. You also get exclusive discounts on many of my courses and more. Now, if you want to support the show, but you can't afford to become a patron, times are tough right now. I get it. Times are tough for a lot of people. In fact, I was just looking at the exit surveys of people who stopped being patrons. And by far, the number one reason people have given is that their financial situation has changed. So I get it. And if you want to support the show, just share this episode with one writer you think might be tempted to go with a hybrid publisher. And if you're one of those patrons who stuck with it, and you're still supporting the show, I just want to say thank you so much. I also want to thank all the new patrons (laughs) that joined last month. So we had a lot of new patrons join last month because of our Patrons Appreciation Month. So I gave away a a free gift uh, to our patrons last month. And there are quite a few. And yes, I'm going to read all of their names uh, and then I'm going to give the credits because I really do appreciate each and every one of you. So our new June 2022 patrons are Barbara, Claire Kane, Carol Graft, Sandra, Taylor, Susan Ledoux, Chris Whitlock, Avisha Ashakazi, uh, Whithold Niluskowski, Barbara Harper, Karen Lubers, Marcia Cole, Susan Kirby, Angela Merkel, Carolyn Legao, Deborah Barnsdale, S. K. Randolph, Ted Gray, Catherine Briggs, Ryan Rivers, Gordon Palmer, Janice Wildley, Leanne Lee Austin, Jane Gluncher, Stephanie Krem, Darcy Fitzallen, Kristena Sue Howell, M. Z. Christina. Dale Bickle, Debbie Maxwell Allen, Karen, Autumn Grayson, Ida Smith, Kay Miller, Gary F. Chris, Becca Werewolf, Isabel Peterson, Emily Enger, Katie Robles, Hope Runsack, Bobette Edwards, Dr. Susan Corso, Angela Meyer, Crystal Day, Kat, JM, April Hammond, Zoe Mashberg, Lisa Woolery, Denise Juan Peters, Erica, Engel Ackerman, Nancy Rathburn, Charlene Mossman, Joanna Shoup, David Young, Edda Welk, and Lisa Nixon. So a lot of new patrons. I really do appreciate every single one of you for helping keep it, this podcast on the air. The Novel Marketing Podcast is a production of Author Media. Our producer is Laurie Christine. This episode's audio was edited by William Mumstat, and the blog post version is crafted by Shauna Lettler. To read the blog version of this episode, visit authormedia.com slash 331. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. saying thank you for listening and live long and prosper.